Good evening. Welcome to the Snake River Live podcast. It's the 14th of September, 2021. It was 107 years ago on this date that Francis Scott Key wrote the immortal words forever enshrined in the national anthem for the United States, the Star Spangled Banner. Nope, not going to sing them to you. But they are very important words, and we'll be talking about that later on. wanted to begin right now. Um, the Associated Press has just determined that, uh, based on their exit polling, that the recall in California was a failure. And while it is a failure in that Gavin Newsom, um, who is... Famous for him and uh, and uh, Moonbat before him for taking California, which is a state that used to have some of the best schools in the country, um, was one of the best places to live. And climate-wise, of course, there's not been a lot of change other than the fires, but that's just what happens when you live in a, uh, an area where you're not managing the forest. It's a natural occurrence anyway, don't get me wrong. And the environmental policies of the progressives in California are not helping any part of their state whatsoever. Except for to put more people on the welfare rolls. So, unable to unable to campaign on a record, they tried to paint Larry Elder, in fact... Uh, uh, Newsom's minions at the L.A. Times referred to Larry Elder, a black man, uh, the sage of South Central, as he styles himself, as as the the black face of white supremacy, which is tragic in and of itself. There's so many things that have gone on, and and there are of course issues of voter fraud, but we're not going to dwell on that because there's no point in it. But I would mention, uh, since I did actually bring it up about voter fraud, that that um, I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know where to where to start with that. It was a, a FEC commission in two thousand five that was headed by uh, Jimmy Carter that determined that absentee balloting was the weak link in the U.S. electoral system. You know, many nations in the world, in the democratic world, do not allow absentee balloting unless you're literally out of country. The fact that um, uh, mail-in balloting, uh, every every person in California was mailed a ballot. Um, there are reports that people showed up to vote, only to find out that they somehow already voted. That's not enough to turn an election, which right now is two to one, which is consistent with the ratio of Democrats to Republicans in the state of California. 
Um, that's not enough to turn an election like that. And so it's important to mention, and this is why I bring up the FEC, and we're going to talk about COVID here in a little bit, but, but you know, many of these voter ID laws have been allowed to stand, and yet several people who've been involved in the adjudication at the lower courts have stated that voter fraud on a large scale can only occur like what Jimmy Carter said in the absentee ballot forum. If voter rolls are not cleaned up, if strict rules are not applied for people who are not showing up to vote, then the ability to commit voter fraud on a massive scale is readily apparent. Not Donald Trump saying that. It was Jimmy Carter as part of the commission to review um, FEC rules. And so, just something to look forward to uh, coming up. Of course, in California, one of the things that is, is not being mentioned, but I have no doubt the Republicans will be mentioning tomorrow, is that you don't have to be an American citizen to vote in a state election or local elections. Homelessness is rampant in California. Illegal immigration is rampant in California. Draconian laws that are for thee but not for me passed by the progressives in Sacramento are rampant in California. And yet California statistics to to just based on what Gavin Newsom has said and what Joe Biden said, uh, President Biden, when he was out campaigning, and said, you don't want to, you know, if you get Larry Elder in there, he's going to be like these other Republican governors. Well, here's the thing, that when you do a per capita analysis, the spread of COVID in California, say, compared to Texas or Florida, is not that different per capita. And yet those states are wide open. And California is facing draconian measures still. It's interesting that here we are. Uh, we've, we're now a full, well, almost two weeks from the very first college football games. And stadiums where people were allowed to meet in mass, unmasked. Two weeks, and we haven't seen any of these stadium events where uh, thousands and tens of thousands of people are together in close quarters, evolving into a super spreader event for COVID. I read an article yesterday uh, by Scott Moorfield on townhall.com um, suggesting that. We just need to surrender in the war on COVID. You know, protect the most vulnerable by having them stay on. But we just need to get past 
whatever it is that we're doing this this trickle down or this 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 uh, slow slow passing where where we're not getting the virus around fast enough. No, I don't want people to die. But I also know that really we're fighting against nature here and the natural actions of a virus. You know, we're told that the vaccines work, but now we don't know that they work, and now they have to get boosted. And yes, the FDA is approved. Oh, speaking of which, by the way, let's let me talk about that. A friend of mine shared a uh, Viva and Fry um, discussion with uh, uh, Barnes, uh, the, uh, the lawyer's name Barnes. I can't think of his first name, um, and I'll I'll share the link in the remarks. Let me be right back, okay? And we're back. I apologize for that. By the way, thank you for listening. I wanted to just touch on something here real brief, and then I'm going to get right back into uh, conversation. Um, I had a lot of uh, discussion uh, regarding my post from last week. Um regarding the evidence that Dr. Fauci lied to Congress regarding the um, uh, the gain-of-function research. Uh, I've had over almost 1,000 people uh, react to it, 341 shares, uh, which is, uh, I appreciate those that have uh, taken the time to do that. I can tell you they've not taken the time to listen, or that many, uh, of course, listen. But um, I do appreciate people sharing that, passing it around. Um, it's important to me. Uh, simply, you know, my voice is only as loud as the people that download the podcast. And so when people don't download it, then I'm just speaking into a microphone uh, for whatever reason. And since I hate my own voice, it becomes even more exacerbated. Um, But I want to move on. So back to... um, Oh, gee. Oh, back to uh, COVID. There's several several breaking pieces on that. One... Um, uh, Harvard studies come out that apparently about half the people that have been hospitalized and have been deemed hospitalized due to COVID were either showing very mild symptoms or were asymptomatic. And most of them in reality were in the hospital for something else. Cancer or whatever. Um, And so we need to... The study hasn't been peer-reviewed yet, but it will be. We need to remember that COVID is a serious disease, but it's also being pushed by people with an agenda to control. Now, um, many people have commented on how how there is Supreme Court precedent for the federal government issuing a vaccine mandate. And I would say, okay, yeah, you're right. Of course, the Supreme Court also determined that blacks were not human. 
which they did. So to to point at the infallibility of the Supreme Court is rubbish. But let me take it a step further. Let's because let's presume for a moment the Supreme Court precedent regarding vaccine man, mandates is legitimate. Here's the difference. A hundred years ago, actually it was more than a hundred years ago when the mandates went in because it was for smallpox and not for the Spanish flu, though they did adapt to that. The mandates were done by statute, duly passed by Congress. Joe Biden is acting the way he is because he knows it's a partisan issue. The Democrats made it largely a partisan issue. And because of that, the likelihood of being able to get 50 votes in the Senate to be able to have uh, uh, um, uh, the VP cast cast a, a tie-breaking vote are very low, very low odds of that. They're not even going to be able to get their $3.5 trillion budget passed. And the clock is ticking on that. It's the 14th of September now, um, which means they have 16 days to get a budget passed and signed by the president before the government shuts down. So back to COVID. Uh, of course, we know, uh, I was mentioning the, the, the Viva Barnes, actually, this is what I think is the name of the, the YouTube uh, podcast for that. Um where they're talking about the fact that, yes, there was a Pfizer vaccine that was approved by the FDA. However, it has a different name than the Pfizer vaccine that is for emergency use authorization. And their discussion talked about the legal aspects that they cannot legally, or once the FDA approves one of those emergency use vaccines, then the emergency use authorization goes away for all of them. According now, I'm not a legal scholar, and so I can't speak to this. But and like I said, I will link, I will link the YouTube video regarding it. Um, and so Pfizer to get around that gave their vaccine that has received FDA approval a new name. Now, I'm still trying to do some research to find out how available it is, but according to that video, and not my, I don't, I'm, I can't vouch for it, but I have not found any, any research on that yet. According to the video, the approved vaccine is not available right now. Even though it's technically the same, because all those vaccines that are out there, all the Pfizer vaccines that are out there now, if they were to grant FDA approval for them, for that for that vaccine, then the Moderna and Johnson Johnson could no longer be used. So remember, you have FDA approval for a vaccine that nobody can get. However, you still can get the Pfizer emergency use vaccine. See how they're playing a little game here. 
we're still the science experiment regarding COVID. Um, Secretary Blinken, the Secretary of State, has uh, conceded that there are thousands of American residents uh, still in Afghanistan that are trapped by the uh, Taliban. Thousands. Not a hundred, which is the number they've been using since August 31st. Thousands. And finally, before I get into the Star Spangled Banner piece, um, book coming out that was reported on in the Washington Post today uh, regarding General Milley, the, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, somebody who, who either should be fired because of their incompetence in managing the withdrawal of Americans from Afghanistan or should have resigned because of his differences of opinion with the president. But it gets better because according to this book, in October of 2020, which is before the election, General Milley uh, was talking to his counterpart in China that is over the People's uh, Army. Saying, telling him that he would warn the Chinese if Donald Trump was going to plan an attack on China. He's the one that's running our military now. There's only one word for that. Oh, and that he told his his um, the senior officers in the military here in the United States um, that President Trump just could not go arbitrarily nuke China. They'd have to go through him. And so my question is this, when is it that the military makes policy? Now, of course, we know it's okay with the Democrats. Because of, uh, if you remember Colonel Vindman, who disagreed with Donald Trump's foreign policy, uh, was the rat that, that, that uh, um, revealed the phone call. I'm sorry, the whistleblower. That got Donald Trump impeached the first time. Colonel Vindman says that General Milley is guilty of treason for this phone call. And I agree with him. Joe, President Biden's not going to do anything, I don't think. But he's, you know, no one's been fired for what happened in Afghanistan. In fact, they're, they're trying to paint it as some sort of success. Thousands of American residents, either citizens or permanent residents with green cards, 
trapped in Afghanistan after the president promised that if August 31st came and all those that were in Afghanistan, if they were not out, that, that we would stay until they were. Of course, Secretary Blinken also said that they were stuck with Donald Trump's plan. Well, no, they weren't, because May 1st is a long time ago. And so you didn't follow. He said that there was no plan, which I don't believe. But it doesn't matter whether there was or not, because they changed the time for withdrawal. I mean, shoot, they opened up the border. You know, if they're going to go and cancel all Donald Trump's plans, try to pretend that he was never president, which is what they are trying to do, including the withdrawal from Afghanistan, they can't sit there and point any finger at President Trump for this. They're trying. And there's a sizable group of people that will buy off on that. Anyway, Star Spangled Banner. Um, the War of 1812 or, is often referred to as the Second Revolution. The English saw a country that was loosely joined together, did have a central government by the time that rolled around, but there's also a lot of division, and this is something you need to pay very close attention to. The British saw a lot of division, and so they rolled the dice. They, they worked with Indian tribes of the West, um, and they tried on the coast to, to restore their colonies. So we always sing the first verse, so I'm not even going to, don't worry, I'm not going to sing. But Francis Scott Key had gone out to negotiate with the British the release of a, of a prisoner, which he had done. However, because they were getting ready to start to uh, lay a barrage down on Fort uh, McHenry in Baltimore, after having just burned the White House and sent the uh, government of the United States fleeing, they were going to do the same to Baltimore. Um, so Francis Scott Key was not allowed to return back to land because of this barrage. So we, like I said, we know the first verse and many hymnals, um, if you see the Star Spangled Banner, you'll see three verses, but you won't see the third verse. And I'm going to just read through the second through fourth verse just to listen to you, because there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, wokeness complaining about the national anthem, about the third verse in particular, because it uses the slave word. So here it is. On the shore dimly seen through the mists of the deep, where the foe's haughty host in dread silence reposes, what is that which the breeze o'er the towering steep, as it fitfully blows, half conceals, half discloses, 
Now it catches the gleam of the morning's first beam, in full glory reflected now shines in the stream. Tis the star-spangled banner, O long may it wave, o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. And where is that band who so vauntingly swore that the havoc of war and the battle's confusion, a home and a country should leave us no more? Their blood has washed out their foul footsteps' pollution. No refuge could save the hireling and the slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. And the star-spangled banner in triumph doth wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave. And finally, the last verse. Oh, thus be it ever when free men shall stand between their loved home and the war's desolation. Blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land, I'll talk about that in a second, praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation. Then conquer we must when our cause it is just. And this be our motto, in God is our trust. And the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave or the land of the free, and the home of the brave. The fourth verse is by far the most important. Were it not for a hurricane, or we'll just call it a tropical storm, whether it's a tropical storm, depression, hurricane, doesn't matter. had forced the British to withdraw their attack. Many then, including uh, Dr. Key, considered that a miracle. And thus be it ever when free men shall stand. And what should they do? Praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation. We need to mind our business when it comes to foreign affairs. We need to rethink everything that we're doing overseas. We need to a complete overhaul of the military throwing out all these nation-builder generals, these woke generals. The, the army is not a social experiment. The army has two purposes, to kill people and break things. It's an instrument of foreign policy. I can tell you that we are entering dark times now because of what happened in Afghanistan. We've shown the Chinese that, that we are willing to give up all manner of freedom. 
so long as the government will protect us from a disease that was hatched in their land. Does she still wave over the land of the free and the home of the brave? Only time will tell. It's the Snake River Lib. Good night.